0: On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, our guest is Cammie Burns-Reed, the Assistant Director of Global Scope. This is the first of three episodes that we have with Cammie. On this episode, we'll hear how her college ministry literally pursued her, the fun of stepping out and serving with friends, and about the need to approach ministry with a healthy dose of curiosity. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to the Fellowship been something that's been a long time coming. You have actually hosted the podcast a handful of like, times. Yes. Yeah. One time in Spanish, Heck which yeah. is mm-hmm. phenomenal, <laughs> um, but we haven't had the opportunity to actually interview you. So I'm excited that today we're going to be talking to you about your life in ministry with Global Scope and CMF over the 15 years that you have been connected with this organization, and particularly with our university student uh, campus ministry. So really excited about this time and so grateful to have you on today. Thanks for being on, Cammie. Yeah, glad to be here. Okay, so you're the Assistant Director of Global Scope. What exactly does that mean? What are some of the responsibilities that you have? Is that, that's a totally loaded question. I love it. Yeah, what, what kind of responsibilities do you have, uh, engagement with our CMF personnel? What's that look like for you?
1: yeah great question uh we laugh a lot you know is it like assistant to the director or assistant director <laughs> you're the dwight
0: Schrute. You're the maybe dwight a Schrute. little bit
1: sometimes but no that's actually not true at all like mm-hmm. phil phil and i definitely share a lot of responsibility and uh that is really fun um so yeah when you think about what it looks like to lead something like global scope um that means we work with our ministries all over the world so i work with about half of those directly uh, we laughingly have divided them up into like teams. So mm-hmm. there's like hashtag Team Cami and so great group. Of <laughs> have you actually started them. a hashtag? hashtag um, <laughs> no, I have not actually started it. But there, sometimes there are trends. A lot of hashtag Team Cami teams had baby girls in 2020, so I like really. I was thinking like we could really get some swag going then. Um, but now we have a great ministries I work with all over the world and so that's you know kind of that director yeah roles um working are there with
0: particular them. teams uh, be, because we're going to get into this but you yeah, speak yeah. Spanish as I mentioned yeah. you already hosted part of the podcast yeah. in Spanish do you tend to highlight like Spanish speaking teams as that you that you lead or is it all over the place because we have teams in Germany, the UK, yeah. Australia. What, what, what's the general division? Or is it right. just kind of all over the place? It's
1: kind of random. Um, yeah. But yeah, so with Phil, since we're dividing them up together, he also speaks Spanish. So neither oh, of yeah. us get to like mm-hmm. plant our flag in the Spanish-speaking <laughs> world. Um, but we both do love keeping our Spanish going. And so we, mm-hmm. I, I work with two Spanish-speaking teams, Salamanca, Spain, and Pueblo, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I work with teams uh, in Germany, England, Thailand, in Australia so yeah. kind of all over the world um, yeah. no one in South America mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's yeah we, we used to kind of keep countries together and now we we don't I, my default has actually been um, to work with newer TLs um, mm-hmm. oftentimes just because that was kind of jumping back and forward a little bit um, that was my experience I, I was on a team and then I stepped into mm-hmm. a TL role um, and so that that was a big change for me to navigate. And mm-hmm. I um, like walking alongside of people because it it's really different when you yeah. um, all of a sudden are leading a team. Um, yeah, the, I, best, I the best the
0: best guides and mentors are the ones that have been there and done that. Uh, sure. And so having you been a TL, a team leader, <laughs> for uh-huh. those of who, right. those folks who don't know the Global Scope nomenclature, sure. TL, team leader. Team leader. Um, yeah, over your 15 years, you served, you currently serve as the assistant director of Global Scope. Yeah. Back in the day, you were an exchange intern. Then you yeah. were a teammate uh, on the Puebla, Mexico team, mm-hmm. and then you were the team leader. And yes. so we're going to delve into that over this time together. Yeah. But that's one of the things that you kind of have latched onto and really enjoy in this role is kind of being the mentor guide for new team leaders.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. I I love that a lot. And you know, um, and then you get attached to people. They stop being new, and they're just team leaders. And then you mm-hmm. you've if you've walked alongside with them through that, then um you know then i feel like yeah mine feels like the wrong word but i I mean i'm a mom so i'm like (laughs) i just feel this sense of like uh investment and connectedness and so yeah i've been in this role this is my this will be four years this summer Mm -hmm. and um so some of these tales i've worked with the whole time and so they're not new anymore some of them you know have they're coming up on a full term or Mm -hmm. have already completed their first term and um, yeah so they're not new but they yeah. They are people that I care very deeply about because I'm. Totally. it's a big part of my job.
0: When well, you've walked a lot of these teams, uh, obviously through COVID, which has yeah. been a serious challenge for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and especially our, our personnel that are living away from their passport mm-hmm. country. Yeah. And maybe felt a little bit like they were stuck in some capacity uh, in their host country where they're mm-hmm. serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really admire you for the way that you've been able to lead them uh, during that time uh, yeah. to encourage them in that space.
1: It's you know, I, I feel like every country around the world has handled the pandemic a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and I've just been really um, um, impressed and humbled to see how our Global Scope missionaries have responded to to a level mm-hmm. of you know uh, restriction and limitation that we mm-hmm. that we didn't deal with stateside where I live. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's been that's been just such a huge, you know, like I said, four years. Yeah. And so two of those years have been COVID. Exactly. So like- That's what
0: I was thinking. So for you, like as the assistant director, pre-COVID travel was an element of your of your work, right? And then mid mid-COVID, no yeah. travel at all. And then what's it looking like now? I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about that pre-COVID and then even coming as things are moving into an endemic phase uh, yeah. of COVID. What what's it looking like for you as the assistant director?
1: Right. So travel was a huge part of my life before um i would travel and visit fields um Mm -hmm. i would try to get to at least one global scope field a year and just be with that team and you know see see their life and their context in their ministry meet some of their students um, and just be with them uh in You know, Zoom is great. All all the things they're great, but it, it's totally it's totally not the same as being there. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know if Zoom is great. It's okay.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> better than yeah. like mailing letters to sure. each other, I guess. Yeah, but better yeah.
0: than postcards, but sure. maybe not as good as definitely not as good as hanging out. all uh, Heck altogether. no,
1: not the same at all. Um, I also, uh, as you know from your role in mobilization, mm-hmm. I, I do um, another role that I have is recruiting with Global Scope. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of campus ministries in addition to all of our campus ministries around the world, where we love to recruit people from, uh, Mm -hmm. we also recruit from some campus ministries and churches and Christian universities in the United States. So um, I get to spend time. um, I I used to spend a lot more time with uh, campus ministries and all of those organizations um, doing some recruitment, but yeah, COVID really slowed that down. (laughs) Um, But you know, I was, um, Pre-pandemic, I was really bummed because um, I was pregnant with uh, Mm -hmm. my daughter and she was doing August, uh, end of August, 2020. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like end of August, that's like travel season ramping up. I can't believe, you know, there's this, uh, for any, you know, six weeks to Mm -hmm. opt out of working (laughs) and doing my job. Like those are like the six weeks where we're hitting hard um, for recruitment and travel. And so, you know, I just thought, oh man, we're going to be, we're going to be behind the eight ball cuz me and my yeah. like terrible timing of this pregnancy but it turns out with the pandemic it was perfect no, it was a, a great disease, time to hang out at home a deadly
0: disease decided to uh, step in right exactly <laughs> so
1: for all of the terrible things about covid it did mm-hmm. mean that i wasn't missing out on too much fun yeah. travel um yeah. back then but yeah so I, I would travel around the state some and um just recruit and partner with these ministries and cultivate mm-hmm. those relationships um and then, you know, scouting trips every now and then. I got yeah. to uh, be part of one of those just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Where was that?
1: Cork, Ireland. Uh-huh. So uh, uh-huh. we were exploring the options there. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't think I'm the only person that still has big dreams for a campus ministry yes. in Ireland one day, but we yeah, have not absolutely. yet planted there.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, well, travel so was m- a big thing. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, you're a mom. Uh, yeah you had a daughter but you had Amos before that maybe let's let's hear a little bit about your family and what what you guys got going on right now uh being based where you're at your stateside
1: yeah so i do have a family um i have a son who just turned five at the end of march and he is named amos he was born um when my husband jordan and i were still serving in mexico Mm -hmm. um so amos is our little dual citizen he um people ask all the time if he speaks Spanish and he is like <laughs> Spanish adjacent. Like he yeah. um, is, his pronunciation pretty good. He hears a lot of it, but we have not mm-hmm. been as diligent as we should have been about yeah. teaching him the language of his home country. Yeah. Um,
0: did so you, yeah. did you and Jordan talk about maybe one of you speaking Spanish for the yeah. first couple of years of his life only? It's totally. like one of those things. <laughs> it was going to
1: be me. Yeah. And so I've dropped the ball there, but yeah, um, you know, it sounds like
0: a brilliant idea until you're like in the middle of it. and You're like, ah, oh, I right. just need to speak my heart. Language. Right, sorry, exactly, but.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, I don't know about your kids. They're a little older, but uh, we're big in Kanto people in our house right now. Ooh, so it's a newer Disney movie. Yeah. And so uh, his, his pronunciation is pretty spot on. I think there's Fun. some of those like sounds that you make that your mouth needs to learn when you're little. And mm-hmm. so we've tried to just, you know, read to him in Spanish and. That sort of thing. Our our students actually in Mexico did a baby shower for us um, oh. when he was born, and they all gave us books. And so we have a ton of um, Spanish language children's books. So even if I'm not, you know, telling him what to do in Spanish and yeah. that sort of thing, uh, he's he's around it a lot. So I, I'm that's pretty impressed. Fun. He was he was singing. There's a song from Encanto that's in Spanish mm-hmm. called Dos Oruguitas. It's like two mm-hmm. little caterpillars, and he was mm-hmm. singing it yesterday. And I'm like, oh. he's really kind of like nailing it a little bit like his <laughs> that's so, is probably a
0: little so if he's not singing life. that though he's singing alan jackson right like oh, he's the yeah. one five-year-old i know that's like the biggest alan jackson country oh yeah song. oh yeah I he, love uh,
1: alan jackson so we live in uh georgia and alan jackson mm-hmm. is from the county where we live and oh. so he yeah he has really just embraced that in his uh host culture of yes. Yes. county georgia he uh he, he loves Alan Jackson and yeah, like we're not huge country music people yeah. in our family, yeah. but we definitely went to an Alan Jackson concert yes. last summer because Amos. what you do when your four-year-old's into it.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. So you got Amos. He's five now. Yeah. He's riding a bike. Yeah. So he's awesome. riding a bike
1: yesterday. We're Dab- so proud.
0: Dabbling in Spanish. And then you mentioned you yeah, have Yeah. I've got little daughter.
1: Quinn. Quinn mm-hmm. is uh, a year and a half old. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is awesome. She is not Mexican. She was born here, Mm -hmm. um, but she is super, super fun. She's our little pandemic baby. So, um, yeah, we just all are obsessed with her, and she's hilarious. She's kind of ramping up the talking and – we ask her like funny questions at dinner a lot of times, like who is the funniest person in our family? Yeah. And then just kind of wait and see whose name she says because she'll say mama or dada. <laughs> Baba, <laughs> who's the,
0: who's the best? Mama.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's like our, our fun game right now is to see it. And then she thinks it's hilarious when we all laugh. So yeah, this fun stage with little kids. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we like sleep a ton. You know, they mm-hmm, sleep mm-hmm. at night, but they wake up early. Like Saturday morning, they're like, mm-hmm. oh.
0: Like, 6 a.m. Hey, Let's get you know, out of the
1: bed and get going. That's so that's not
0: what's uh, supposed to be happening on Saturdays, people. Right, yeah, come exactly. on, yeah. They'll get exactly. they'll get used to it. Then you won't be able to wake them up when they're that's 18 or something. Hear. like that.
1: I hear that, and I'm just choosing to believe that that is a yeah. future reality for us. But yeah, we're it gonna...
0: will someday. I believe that over you. <laughs> Thank you. That is a little bit of a picture of where you're at right now with your role with CMF, what's Uh going on with your family. You've hinted at this, but in the last 15 years of your connection with CMF, Mexico has really been at the heart Mm -hmm. of your engagement with CMF. For sure. Um, How in the world did you end up in Mexico? Now, that's kind of a loaded question, so maybe we need to even back it up further. Like, Where did you go to college? Was it one of those college ministries that you mentioned that helped Get you plugged in with CMF Global Scope Mexico, like what was your journey yeah. to get even to that stage?
1: Right. So uh, that is a great question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the whole truth, mm-hmm. and you can edit out anything you want. <laughs> um, just because I feel like I have some pretty laughable stories from my like early on involvement with CMF. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I grew up here in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a small town. And my family is Christian. My, mm-hmm. We were super involved in church. My mom still you works the at the church group, where I grew up. Oh, did mm-hmm. I do the youth group thing? Yes. <laughs> youth group was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. You said much, your
0: mom still works at the church? Yeah. She's, wow. She works okay. at the
1: church where I grew up. And so yeah, that, I mean, church was just a big part of my life. My extent, a lot of my extended family goes there. So like mm-hmm. big overlap between like church and family, like, it's just like a part of yeah. who we were. And that was great. Um, so I, um, when I started thinking about college, I, um, had some pretty big dreams in life. My big, I think I wanted to be like, um, like one of those people that gave a lot of money to the kingdom, you know, yeah. like that was like what I thought, like God's big dream God wants you to be
0: us. rich. Right?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> no, God wanted me to give away a lot of money, right, right, right.
0: right. Um,
1: which like, of course needed to involve me making a lot of money, but like, that wasn't my goal. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I was like a, I liked school. I did all right in school. So, um, I applied to Georgia tech, uh, wasn't really like convinced that I wanted to go there, but actually the guidance counselor at my high school really encouraged me to apply there in fact then tech Hmm. was like 30 percent female and so like for a woman to want to go to tech was like um yeah like
0: they were going to try to make it happen they were going to try to make it happen right they encouraged it
1: yeah yeah. so um my guidance counselor was like i think you'd really like her daughter had gone to tech Mm -hmm. and she um had really loved her experience there and so um i was like i'll apply like you didn't look at the
0: other school in georgia that other one
1: I thought about it, yeah. but you know, I, it's, a, it's like, you know, if there's anything in life that makes me think maybe someone is like, you know, we, connecting a thread <laughs> and weaving this all like this is one of those stories. Yes. But yeah, so guidance counselor like, you should apply. So I did, got in. Um, but my, I asked her, I'm like, you know, what was your, like, was your daughter, was she involved in anything? Or like, what was her major? Like what, why did she love tech so much? And she's like, oh my gosh, she was so involved with this place called CCF oh uh, yeah like oh cool and I'd already heard about CCF so like I grew up going to like a Christian church so like there okay. was like a CCF at like a regional university near where I grew up like I was mm-hmm. familiar with campus ministry um and so like it wasn't weird for me for people to be like oh there's like a campus ministry I'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. I like know what that is um then that summer I like volunteered at a church camp near where I grew up and I think I was like wearing a tech hat or a tech shirt one day and someone's like, Oh, are you like going to tech? And you're like, Oh my gosh, you've got to go to CCF.
0: Oh, okay. Dude. So it's like all aligning. Like everybody's telling me. (laughs)
1: Court press. I get to college. I decided like two days before college started, one of my mom's friends, her daughter was at tech and she was in a sorority and she's like, you need to um, rush. Mm-hmm. you know and so i'm like okay i'll i'll go through rush i didn't really want to be in a sorority but yeah. i like I mean, i needed to move in a couple days early so i got there my mom and i are like unloading the car these two women like walk up and they're like hey do you need help unloading your car and we're like oh my gosh yes please um let's uh you know take all the help we can get and i yeah. asked them like is y'all like part of a sorority or something like why are you helping people and one of them was like oh well, i'm and i was in a sorority but I'm actually like now I'm an intern at this place called CCF. I'm like, OK, <laughs> hold the phones like you can't get away from these people. Seriously. Right. So, um, yeah. And actually that woman who was helping us move in, she was the big sister in the sorority mm-hmm. of the woman who had like tried to convince me to go through. Rioting, Are you kidding me? Like what? Freaky weird stuff. Um, and then, actually, the other woman that was helping her is a former global skipper. Like, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, right? Way
0: too many layers of connection. Right. So, like, yeah. I
1: would say that I really didn't, like, ever opt into CCF. Like, CCF mm-hmm. chose me, right? Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. It's, like, this, yeah. like, thing that just happened to me, and I'm so yeah. glad it did. Um, I- so,
0: literally – first week freshman year, like you're, you're hanging out at the, at the yeah, I'm getting texts from like the
1: intern. Cause like this intern like met me moving yeah. in. So like her job is to meet freshman women. And so yeah. she's like, i met one, I'm, I'm going to text her. So like, that's her job. is like be my friend. And so she wow. was, she did a great job with that. And yeah. yeah, I got connected to other freshmen and like a lot of those women were no longer freshmen in college, but they're mm-hmm. still some of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, CCF was really formative for me. I would say like if all of that hadn't happened, I don't know that, like, I would have been, like, I don't know, like, I, I didn't, it didn't even give me the option of, like, the, do I yeah. want to do the Christian thing in college? It just, like, literally happened to mm-hmm. me. Like, all like I, I never had the opportunity of, like, saying, do I want to be, yeah am I doing the Christian thing in college or not? Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, if I want friends, like, these, are, these people are texting me, they're calling me, like, I'm, I gotta say yes
0: yeah um and so the, did the sorority thing go completely away like
1: i like went all the way right, uh, yeah i don't yeah. know if you know how rush works but like mm-hmm. in the u.s like for women usually you go through like all week and then by the end of the week you like are given a couple of options and you like rank yeah. them or whatever and i was like at the by the end of the week i was like these are great options but i still uh, this is yeah it doesn't feel right for me yeah. so yeah the sorority thing went away but i'm so glad that like I w- moved in early and met those women, and there was that connection. Yeah. Like it was actually, um, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that it all there was. Yeah, it was yeah. a very positive experience all the way around. Like I met what? people during rush, and met these women, and mm. it ended up just like helping cement CCF as like Mm -hmm. my primary community during college.
0: I, you know, I I tell people a lot of times that maybe aren't familiar with the fraternity and sorority system, particularly if they are from outside of the United Mm -hmm. States, or if I'm speaking with somebody in another country about Mm -hmm. what that whole system is. And I essentially tell folks, it's a social club Mm -hmm. that you get to be a part of that you Mm -hmm. kind of apply to. Um, but really, it's that place where you find community within mm-hmm. the community of a big university. Right. For um, sure. And so it sounds like for you, you- I got were, that for free at Yeah, CCF. you got it for free at CCF. You didn't need to pay dues or whatever right, to, exactly. to be a part of that. Um, so that makes sense that, yeah, th- there's all these links for you. But then in the end, CCF, yeah. uh, Christian Campus Fellowship was the was uh, the place to find that For that sure. Connection. Um, so, Okay. Freshman year, yeah. So I'm there. You know,
1: day one, I'm like, "All right, like, what, what are we doing, y'all? But y'all are my people.
0: Do they even know what to do with you? Because you were just like in and ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm thinking usually there's like a ramp up, like get the freshmen stoked to be a part of things. But you're like, hey, I think I'm supposed to be here, so let's do this.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So at first it was just a lot of like connecting people to each other, like you know Mm -hmm. that as as they met more people, it was like, let's all, all the freshmen go eat ice cream together. or Like, let's mm-hmm. all meet at the dining hall at this time. And so arriving to a big school, I mean, that's great. It is really, really great to like have some people to sit with in the dining hall on day one. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of that at first, but then yeah, freshmen um at a campus ministry, you know, they're you're not usually like leading, you're not usually like mm-hmm. um having any more responsibility other than just like hanging out, having fun, getting integrated into the community. And so that was a super fun part of yeah. you know that's also why if you look at if you pull my transcripts you'll see my grades weren't awesome <laughs> I was uh, eating a lot of ice cream hanging out with people yeah, yeah. um you know that kind of thing so uh, it did take me a second to figure out how to like get by on the school with front while also like letting CCF be kind of like the main reason I was there but yeah I figured yeah. it out nice um so then I ended up just you know getting more and more involved um throughout college sophomore year um, you're, you're kind of given a role in the community mm-hmm. as far as like a service oriented thing. So one semester I vacuumed the floor mm-hmm. every Tuesday night and one semester <laughs> I did like name tags at an event or something. Awesome. So um, that was a really fun and formative year. And during that year, um, a good friend of mine, Courtney Wilson, who serves on the, our two of our teams in Mexico, actually, yeah. she was an intern at CCF and she was a recruit with CMF getting ready to go to Puebla okay. and join the team there. And so she kind of connected well with myself and a couple of my good friends and tried to mm-hmm. get us all to go with her. She's like, why don't y'all come awesome. be exchange interns mm-hmm. uh, while, like, come come to Mexico with me. It'll be fun. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. so I uh, applied.
0: Yeah. So this and... would be spring of your sophomore year?
1: Yeah. Well, or, it, yeah, I'm applying you're... during spring yeah. of my sophomore okay. year. And yeah. Um, you know, went through the interview process and mm-hmm. someone asked me, you know, wh- why are you applying for this exchange internship? And I literally said in my interview, Courtney said it would be fun. <laughs> just like the holiest yeah. reason to do yeah. an exchange internship with CMF, right? But totally. really it was just like, a, oh, my friends and ours go in to do this thing. Cause like Courtney's go in and we're going to go with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would like, I love actually... that you
0: guys just jumped and went and then yeah. it didn't take a lot of convincing. It's just like, right. let's just go do this.
1: Yeah, awesome. so so a year later we did go. We um, so my junior year I was an exchange intern mm-hmm. in Puebla. Fall,
0: fall of your junior year, spring, spring, spring of my of junior, junior year. year. So okay.
1: yeah, it was also a great time. Just a shameless plug for college students out there. That's junior year. You're kind of like, am I ever gonna be done? Like
0: you're in the it, grind.
1: Yes, like you're kind of into your major classes, but not in the really fun ones yet, and it's like mm-hmm. hard and yeah i I highly suggest studying abroad during your junior year Mm -hmm. if you can swing it because it was a great break from the the georgia tech grind like just to step out factor myself out of that whole equation for a semester and go do something else where i could like yeah focus on serving and ministry and god and personal growth and learning a new language and all this and it was great
0: Well, I want to ask you a little bit about yeah. language. So going sure. from high school, going into college, like, yeah. did you have a Spanish base? Because I would imagine that's that's usually one of the most intimidating things for people talking about our REACH summer internship or the exchange uh, semester internship is people are like, oh, I don't speak Spanish or I don't speak German or I only took two classes of Spanish or yeah. I don't speak Thai. And people, I'm always like, language isn't the, usually the the hiccup here and it shouldn't right. be. But shouldn't where be. were you at with that? with language going into your exchange internship.
1: Mm -hmm. So I had taken a couple of years in high school Mm -hmm. and had done great in those. And then when I got to Georgia Tech and decided that I was going to study abroad, I thought, well, I should take a Spanish class this semester Mm -hmm. before I go. So um, I took a placement test, and even with those two years of high school Spanish, I still really needed to uh, start at the beginning again. So.
0: <laughs> you were at ground zero, right?
1: Huh? You know, <laughs> if for those people who haven't had the pleasure of studying high school in the U.S., that is, you know, we we talk about learning languages, and there's you know, it's something that most people do, but to, to say you actually learn a language in high school would be just a big fat lie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I got to start right back at the beginning, um, in college and I took, yeah, one semester before I went and that was really helpful. It was helpful to have had a, a solid mm-hmm. semester of college Spanish under my belt before I got to Mexico. Was
0: that fall? So fall of your that junior fall, year? That fall. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. So, when I got to Mexico, I would say I, like, knew enough to be, like, a real liability. <laughs> like, I could <laughs> I could say things. I could, like, look at the menu and, mm-hmm. like, decide what I wanted. Um, it would take a minute, you know, like, a lot of, like, studying. Yeah. But um, yeah. but then, you know, some of those, like, follow-up questions. So, like, if, say you're the server at the restaurant. You're, like, you get there and I'm, like, hi, I want three tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, right? That's great. But then, that's you know, cute. some of those follow-up yeah. questions, like... <laughs> Green salsa, red salsa, like three tacos,
0: three tacos, three tacos. I don't understand (laughs) any, like
1: I could not, my listening, I would say was not, um, you know, if the, like the reading and listening and writing and speaking, like listening and understanding comprehension was the lowest. So that, um, yeah, just really kind of makes you dangerous because you can say things or you'll, you'll, you know, sit there until you can say something and then you say it, but then the conversation has already moved along. Um, but what it, what I will say is I learned a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned a ton during that semester that I was there. I had, I lived in the dorm so that our university oh, wow. that we partner with in Pueblo, Mexico is one of the only ones, um, outside of the U S that I know of that has on-campus residences. Mm-hmm. So I lived in one of those who had five Mexican roommates, um, wow. bless their hearts. They. Uh, <laughs> were awesome with me and very, very patient, um, and helping me, uh, learn more about that culture and that context. (laughs) Figure out if you
0: wanted the red salsa or the green salsa. Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, so super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just, that was a great experience culturally. And
0: where were the other exchangers at? Were they in the dorm too, but they they also had that semester
1: Mm -hmm. and we were all in the same building, but all in different suites, which was great because they could have put at least you know, there's three women and two men. They could have put yeah. the women together, but I'm glad they didn't. We were all immersed in our own.
0: Yeah. That really pushed Spanish guys. speaking in bubble. Yeah. it's really cool.
1: It was great. And that university um, has some accreditation in the U S like it, it's always mm-hmm. really prided itself on being very international and intercultural. So most students there are proficient, if not fluent mm-hmm. in English. So mm-hmm. um, that so was so actually a little, give take, of a, a little bit take a little bit. Definitely. Definitely some mm-hmm. give and take, but also, you know, if you've only taken one semester of college Spanish, then like pretty much everyone's English is better than your Spanish. And so um, I just really appreciate that, that level of like hospitality out of people who were so patient with me. um, And, and really did, you know, speak to me in Spanish when it was painful. That's not something (laughs) we do really in the U S like, we're like very quick, like even, you know, me, me now that I do speak Spanish, you know, if someone's mm-hmm. struggling in English and I have overheard them speaking Spanish, you know, I'm very quick to say, if you want to speak to me in Spanish, you can't. Like, I'm thinking, yeah. how kind is that to, yeah. to give them this out? But really, how kind was it of all of these right. students who, oh man, their, their English was probably, some of them, their English was as good as mine, you know, as a Southerner. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah there's an there's
0: an expectation in the United States that if you're going to be on our shores you need to be speaking our language you right. know kind of thing and right, it, right, it's, right. An, it's an unfortunate unfortunate aspect of our country which is filled with lots of cultures from around the world more for than even sure. a lot of other countries but like you said the hospitality that is often shown to us is a a, a sense of grace towards an understanding of like hey at least you're struggling with the language you're That's trying right. to speak spanish or you for me trying to speak amharic and Kind of continue right. to encourage you along in that process, for sure, for uh, and sure. that's not something that we we do here no, uh, for, for folks. Sure. <laughs> so, oh man! Yeah, so did, so right. so, did, so one thing I remember you telling me a couple of years back, and I I like to throw it around, so it might not be completely true, but it's that you <laughs> started right. the semester as a zero, in uh-huh, learning, yeah, or level one, yeah. But then into the semester, mm-hmm. or like going back fall your senior year.
1: Yeah, I wanted retested, to keep right? keep. Yeah, I wanted to keep learning some Spanish. Um, So they, I had to take the placement test again. So the same one where I'd like placed into level Mm -hmm. one a year earlier. So get back. I take the test after four months in Mexico, one semester, and I tested into the highest level. That's that's
0: stinking awesome. It It is, is
1: it is. And so I was able to spend my senior year at Georgia Tech taking most of my classes in Spanish. Um, I was, yeah, able to, spend that next year really um, just building on what I had learned during that one semester of that immersive learning in Mexico. And, you know, it was great because like, you know, people have different learning styles, kind of going back to that time in Mexico, people have different learning styles. Some people learn better in a classroom. Some people learn better just being immersed in that context. But I really had both, you know, like I would go to my classes. I was taking, you know, Spanish grammar and Spanish communication classes. So I was learning it in the classroom in Mexico, but then I was living it, you know, I would yeah. leave class every day with five new things that I could practice yeah. at um, flag football practice or with my <laughs> roommates or at campus ministry yeah. events. And so it was great. It was kind of like, this is a super like nerdy Georgia Tech thing to say, yeah. but it was like having, you know, when you have like the class, the lecture in the lab,
0: mm-hmm. like yeah.
1: I had kind of both, right? Like yeah, totally. life was my lab and yes. the lecture, I would go to my lectures and learn stuff, but then had the other 23 hours a day to practice. Oh,
0: honestly, that's the best way to learn language, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. It works I think I, really. I, I think I would struggle with only the relational on the street piece mm-hmm. only. Like I needed to have classroom time from like 8:30 to 1, mm-hmm. then a little break, then I was out on the street doing my language route and making connections with people in my neighborhood and it was like like you said the 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 classroom time and the lab time or lecture and lab that that was really instrumental for me not being for able sure. to pick up language too so I can see the same for you man and yeah I like to quote you so I'm glad oh, that yeah. you ver- did verify that you really did do the uh, right. level yes. four not a like level.
1: fisherman's tale there it didn't it <laughs> yeah. didn't change too much classic Jake
0: Moore just quoting somebody else and it's the details are all wrong for sure yeah. now
1: now to be clear level four you know highest level at Georgia Tech is not fluent so like oh yeah you sure. know sure. it was Four solid years of college Spanish, but yeah, yeah. I still very much uh, was learning Spanish as, yeah. I, as I finished yeah. up my minor in Spanish um, at Tech. But yeah, being able to do that, I mean, I, I took classes in translation and interpretation and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And all of that really did serve me, um, continues to serve me super well because yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I learned kind of those nuts and bolts kind of things in addition to how to talk like mm-hmm. a Mexican college student. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So you, you hit on this a second ago Mm -hmm. and it really highlights kind of the, the core value that we have for reach and exchange is that learner's mindset Mm -hmm. that you're, you're not going in, you're not more than likely, you won't even lead one person to Christ, but you're going to be learning about the kingdom of God, learning more about where you fit within God's missional work around the world and just really having that learner's mindset. Um, So I'd love to hear things maybe you learned or maybe even words of advice that you would give to someone that maybe someone on our team is talking to about the exchange internship, like word of advice for them of stepping into you, you mentioned just time of time of life in your college mm-hmm. career, like yeah. junior year, that's an epic time to go because you're in the middle of the grind and you need a break. Mm-hmm. But any other thoughts uh, on that learner's mindset and kind of the approach to a semester or a challenge to, to doing the exchange internship?
1: For sure. Um, I I mean, I think that's, that's the name of the game, right? Is any internship is about learning. Um, some internships are more of a learning opportunity than others, right? Like sometimes you just make coffee or whatever, but (laughs) I think for me, um, taking every opportunity to learn, um, not just the um, ministry side of things, but also the language, the culture, the, um, just yeah truly like a curious Mm -hmm. um open mind towards the whole experience um so Mm. my one of my best friends and i were able to uh, do our internship together and so that that was kind of a built-in like um safety net that the two of us were there together and so really frequently you know people would invite us to do things and because it was both of us we're like sure yeah why not like worst case scenario we're in it together like that was kind of our whole approach to the whole semester like this might suck, but, <laughs>
0: but if it does, we it have together. Each other, together. Right. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, to kind of continue that mindset on a little micro levels throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the semester. Um, you know, people invited us to a party or to go home with them for the weekend or, um, you know, just mm-hmm. constant invitations. Um, just so it's to kind of a posture
0: yeah. of just always saying yes. Yeah. Well, let's like, go why not? Why, why would I? Wh-
1: I've made it all the way here. Why would I say no to this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I, think, I think that, that um, attitude and mindset made the semester just one of the most rich experiences I could have mm-hmm. possibly had. Um, I also, this is another quotable Cami phrase about exchange, but mm-hmm. I uh, have said many, many times, I think that global scope is, if, just when, when a college student is looking at all of their study abroad opportunities, global mm-hmm. scope is such a special one, not just because of the ministry stuff, which I'm not undervaluing that when I say like, no, not the ministry stuff, but right. um, just the fact that it really um, grounds you in that cultural context. So often when people study abroad, they go and they hang out with all the other international right. students. They're just and that's by design. Par-
0: they're just wanting to party with the other international exactly. students. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so people, um, you know, some, some universities do, you know, big groups from their school that go together. So mm-hmm. there was a big, like a well-known American university had a big program like that with UDLA when I was there and all of those students hung out together, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, they might as well have been back home in South Indiana (laughs) (laughs) where they, uh, because that's all they hung out with. Mm -hmm. And then even outside of them, you know, the rest of the international students all kind of hung out and, you know, it was, you know, maybe we we were connected with the English kids or the Australian kids or the French kids. Um, Mm -hmm. But because we were not only doing that international program through the university there but we were also there with global scope I mean that really stuck my feet into a, a Mexican yeah community there and so it connected me with Mexican students um it gave me some you know built-in friends and whatnot mm-hmm. um but it it exposed me to that culture in that context I think far um more than your average study abroad experience yeah. and so even if ministry is, even if you're like kind of clear, like ministry is not where I'm headed with my life. Um, if you're, if you have an openness toward participating in a ministry yeah. for a semester, um, and I think you'll get the the best cultural experience mm-hmm. out of a global scope exchange internship yeah.
0: Yeah, rather than that. just
1: a traditional study abroad.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I, I did two summer internships with the campus ministry in Russia and definitely saw that, you know, just, we weren't we were on a team together but it was all about connecting with russian students and so it really got us connected and engaged with folks on a very real level very fast and so Mm -hmm. i can see that for you for sure going with the ministry that's dedicated to being connected with mexican students is going to get you more ingrained than just a a typical study abroad experience that's that's really cool thanks for listening to this first installment with came be sure to keep an eye out for the next two episodes and finally Because we are still a relatively new podcast, it would be so helpful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to The Fellowship wherever you listen to podcasts. This will ensure that more people can learn about CMF and the phenomenal ways that we all can be connected to God's mission in the world.